moving signing day early, closing the transfer portal. What is Greg Sankey doing locked on SEC starts right now? You are locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more now. New customers join today. Get 150 bucks in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Shout out to everydayers. Free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network covering your team every day. Welcome in our buddy, Chris Marler. He is the king of Canva. You know him very well. Joined us all throughout uh, college football season, and he joins us now to talk all things SEC, some of the biggest stories going on around the conference. Marler, how the heck are you? Bro, i got so much time on my hands right now. I've, I've tried to get into Adobe again, and mm. it's just – listen, behind the scenes, I'll tell you right now, you know that Blue Bloods Bias guy on Twitter who posts, like, the worst, the worst lists? Um, really great dude. Like, really great dude. But every time he posts something, he's like – Here's the best teams of all time. It would be like 2015 Georgia State. You're like, what happened? Who, um, he's going to help me with Photoshop. So, that I, you know, the Canvas <laughs> stuff hopefully will be a thing of the past. Who's worse, him or the Oklahoma boomer guy that does the list? That guy, I can't cuss on this show, so I, I'm having a hard time putting the words together. But that guy is – that guy's only the worst because he started complaining about getting – like credentialed for things because it was like dude you figured out how to work an excel sheet you don't need to be going to games as, as the credentialed media but anyway and i just want to know who he good. talks to he does like best, best chicken fingers in college towns it's like who did you source for this <laughs> and it's always wrong still it's it's, it's like he'll, the the top three will be somebody that's using like chicken finger product instead yeah. of like actual chicken fingers i'm like bro there's yeah. no zaxby's in baton rouge it's only raising canes like who made this list but um Love it. no the best was the other night he listed a school that don't care about basketball and he had LSU on there and they literally upset Kentucky that night so that kind of yeah. that kind of made it fun well I lost sixty dollars in that game and I also am blocked <laughs> by big game boomer so I didn't see that list at all okay, so that. well Marlon we got a ton of stuff we're going to get into there's a lot that's happened here the last couple months I want to get your thoughts mm-hmm. on but we got to start with the uh, big story that came out last night um this is from Ross Dellinger over at Sports Illustrated he said SEC leaders are exploring a way to unclutter the month of December he said that uh-huh. Greg Sankey tells Yahoo Sports that their plan is to clear out the entire month of December to make that a dead period for recruiting and take the early national signing day and move it up two weeks to the start of December. Uh, basically, Greg Sankey said putting signing day in the middle of December with the playoff games now no longer works. He said we move it to early December, the Wednesday before the championship games. That's the concept. And in part, it's out of respect to high school football. Doesn't that make things even more complicated? Like, literally, you just finished the, your the season? The of the championship game is when they're going to make signing day? Right. How does that make things better? Listen, uh, so my reaction to this is I'm in shock that that's an actual plan, for one. Two, the schedule and the calendar do need a ton, a ton of revising. Like, it, this is this is all, in my opinion, still part of the problem from the NCAA because the NCAA – they had everything in place for what they had done for decades and decades, and they had run it less and less efficiently, it seems like, every single year over year, right? But then 
they they got upset because of whatever with NIL, and then and then they just changed all these rules at once, took their ball and went home, and then just left everyone else to figure out what they were going to do. So all of a sudden you have Pepper says hello. My dog is is very needy over here. Um, th- there's all of a sudden it became like very weird the way it was set up because you had early signing period, which has been going on now for for three or four years, and and we've seen it year over year, Gordy, where. It started 79% of the top 100 players um, signed in the early period the first year. Now it's up to 95%. So 95 of the top 100 players are already gone. But if you're putting that in the middle of championship week and you're asking teams that are playing for now a spot in the playoff buy, like a guaranteed buy week, right. to also still try to close out players, you're, you're basically giving way more benefit to, I guess, student-athletes, but also every other team that's not in a conference championship. Well, here's what Dellinger says. He says there's urgency to change the December schedule ahead of the implementation of the 12-team playoff, whose first four-round games will be played on the Friday and Saturday in the third weekend of the month. That's fine, but, like, so just because we're expanding the playoff now, it's like, oh, well, we can't do signing day that day. Like, there were still teams playing bowl games. In fact, I need to go back and look at the schedule. Wasn't there, like, three or four – SEC teams playing bowl games that week. So, like, what's the difference whether you're playing for preparing for a playoff game or a bowl game? Like, it's still time consuming. So instead, we're going to burden the two teams going to play for the cha- the SEC championship. Like, right? I, that's the thing I don't get. I, I've I've been saying this whole time with the with the new playoff system. I I kept saying before they made the announcement this week to go from five to seven that it was devaluing the championship because I, I I still think it doesn't necessarily benefit you the most to play in that game. Like, it's great right. to get a buy. But, like, you are going up against a top team where you – like, if you lose that game like, – like, again, Georgia. If Georgia loses that game in December to Alabama and then still gets in the playoff, but say that you also had an injury or something like that in that game, God forbid, and then you have to go play the next week and then, like, the road gets even tougher. I just I, – I saw you tweet about this, and, I, and I'm, I'm fully on board with what you said. Is like the rankings still have to matter. If you're playing – like, almost every year it seems like the SEC is – that championship game is – usually like a, a top five matchup or a top 10 matchup. Right. A lot of times it's, it's top, you know, here's two versus three, one versus two, one versus four. Like I, that's well, just, it's, it's gar- so bizarre. It's guaranteed to be that way now. Cause we got rid of, rid of sec East versus sec West. So right. there were years where like a two loss team from the West played a undefeated team from the East. Like now it's the two best teams from the conference. So you're guaranteed. Right. It's going to be most likely two top 10 teams playing each other. But yeah. um, the, the problem I just have with it was the, the automatically move to the front of the line if you're a conference champion. Like, yep. And that's what I said. Like, Arizona could win the Big 12 this year at 9-3. and three. So you automatically get a pass and you move up. What if we have two 12-0 SEC teams playing for an SEC title? The team that goes to 12-1, and one, you drop to the five seed and you got to go play that, you know, in two weeks, whereas the other one is going to get the first round by. Like, that's where it kind of, yeah. you know. It, it's, it's such an overreach to what they're doing. It, it Like, I think that we have kind of over-romanticized this idea that the the college basketball March Madness playoff and having the 64 teams, they move to 68 and how they do the first four in and, and we have all this stuff. But that's based off of if you're a conference champion, if you make a run in a conference tournament and you win, you get into the, the field. And we've seen some, you know. But you don't become a ins- one seed, right? You don't right. automatically just move to the front of the line. Right, you become like like you know Georgia did it in like two thousand eight, right? And they, I think they were like a fifteen seed or something crazy. Like it's it's, I I think that it's it's one of these things that seems to be like a the the common theme in in all things college football lately, which is hey, here's like a loosely 
formed idea that we've had and a lot of people have said something about, and then that's it. We're just going to make the decision to do it, but we haven't thought out like the steps on how to like finalize this and make it forward where it's like efficiently, like, like it's an efficient product. It's just like, Hey, we should do this. And I'm like, yeah, screw it. Let's do it. Well, it's like Josh Pate, Pate said, like, can we get back to having people who give a damn about football on Saturdays in the right. fall, making decisions instead of like just greedy money people. But um, right. the only thing I want to say too, is like the whole idea of the early signing period was that like, I'm an Auburn. I grew up in Auburn, Alabama. I played my high school ball at Auburn High School. My grandpa and, fo- and dad played football at Auburn. I know I'm an Auburn kid through and through. I'm committed to Auburn. Let me just go ahead and get this out of the way. The early signing period, I'm going to sign on the dotted line and go, I'm coming to Auburn no matter what. That was the whole idea of the early signing period was that a kid had already right. made up his mind and we just wanted to get it out the way. When did we jump from that to I signed 100% of my signing class in December right. as opposed to the, yeah. fe- the February date? Stupid. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know if you can adjust it to get it back to February, but like moving it up earlier seems like why, why earlier? Why not push it back later? I get they're trying to clear out December. They're saying December's way too busy and active. Okay. Yeah. Then push it to January. Like, why do we have to move it up? Or, or what you could do, like if you really wanted to like input the change, but like, this is something where anytime the NCAA is going to come in now and put some sort of restriction on student athletes, it's going to receive a massive backlash. So, what you could do is say, like, listen, you guys can only have five early signees, like, or, or like early, whatever, ten, it, twelve, and, and limit that. Yeah, yeah, and then and then go to February, but like, but now it's it, the whole thing is so weird. It's like this. It's like when you were in high school and you're like, man, I can't wait to be a grown up, and then like, right. so you just sort of like rush it. Like that's these kids are are finishing school. Like Ryan Williams from Alabama, re reclassified a full year. Right, the kid from Ole Miss. He was like a like a sophomore last year, and he's like, "I'm gonna go to college. I'm gonna go to college now." Like it's like I don't know. It, the whole thing, every single part of it has seemingly been sped up, and I don't know how they slow it down. But it's like it, it is what they ha- what they currently have is not for the benefit of the student athlete or really anyone. It feels like. Yeah. Now, only thing I'll say is, how about what? What if we just did early enrollees? If you're going to be an early enrollee mm-hmm. in January, you can sign in December. Like maybe Love that. maybe we do that. Uh, one other thing, Greg Sankey did say is uh, the transfer portal window should also be moved. He said the fall portal window begins too soon after the end of the football season, and there are suggestions, both from within the SEC and outside, that the portal window be eliminated, leaving only open the spring window. So. You can't December, January, February. You can't transfer, but in April, after we have our spring games, that's when the window opens. That to me is like all hell will break loose if you do that. Yeah, that that is a that's a that's bad. I I, I don't I don't love that, but I also don't love what they currently have because it's like I, I said this earlier. Like if, if you are a team like Alabama was this year, if you're playing for a cultural playoff like spot or a potential national championship the portal being open doesn't really help you, right? Like you're focused on other things, trying to win a national championship. So like the portal thing is not something that is going to be a, a priority. If you're a team like A&M or Ole Miss or these other teams that are like, you know, like not playing for that same thing, then it is, it is something that's like a priority and you can spend a lot more time on because you're about to play a bowl game that probably doesn't matter as much anyway. So like I, th- that part is, is difficult because it just, it creates an imbalance across the board it, like it, like i'm not saying that it should be fair or unfair like that it's it's unfair for teams already playing for a national championship because nobody's gonna feel sorry for them but like at the bottom line it, it does create an imbalance but if you are telling kids who are already making emotional decisions in general about leaving a school and financial right. decisions 
hey, you can't leave after the season's over, when they're probably at their height of being angry and want to leave or like being pursued, you have to you have to wait, go re-enroll for another semester at the school you don't want to be at, and then also go through spring drills, off-season conditioning, all that kind of that's that's yeah, not gonna go well. That's a recipe for disaster. I will say this too, Ross Dellinger points this out. Craig saying he can't just make this decision. All of college right. football would have to decide if they're gonna move the early signing period. So yeah. he's selling it because that's what the SEC folks are saying, but like they need everybody's approval for that to happen. All right, we're going to yeah. talk, talk a whole lot more with Chris Marler. I got some questions on spring ball. We got a lot more we're going to get into. More Locked On SEC coming your way right after this. But first, I want to remind you guys, this episode is presented to you by a new sponsor aboard with us here at Locked On SEC. It is Ibotta. Spring break is around the corner, which means you're going shopping, but you don't uh, shop for your big trip and get nothing in return. Make sure you're getting cash back every time you shop. And you do so with Ibotta. It's I-B-O-T-T-A. It's a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. So you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. The the average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. So you can buy uh, that flight you've been looking at, the game you're dying to go to, fancy dinner you've been craving. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. With Ibotta, just add your offers in the app upload your receipt, and you get real cash that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers like Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying them by using our code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store, Download the free Ibotta app. Again, it's I-B-O-T-T-A. Start earning cash back and use our code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Player App Store. Use our code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Check them out, Ibotta. It's exciting to have them aboard with us. All right, continue on here on Locked On SEC. And, uh, of course, we're talking all things SEC with our buddy Chris Marler. Thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. Uh, Shout out to everydayers. Coming back Monday and check us out. Marler. Uh, Got to get your thoughts as our resident uh, Alabama fan. It has been quite a uh, tumultuous offseason from Nick Saban retiring. We had you on the day that, that the news broke and um, yeah. the aftermath of hiring Kalen DeBoer, hiring Ryan Grubb as the OC, then not hiring Ryan Grubb as the OC, uh, transfer portal kids, Caleb Downs. goes. Yeah. Is he going to Georgia? No, he's going to Ohio State. But overall, what, what do you make of the last couple of weeks uh, of Alabama and, and the coaching staff that they've collected? You know, I think that, like, if I'm being honest, I was so emotionally exhausted from the Saban thing. I mean, you you come off from an overtime loss to get to the national championship, and if you win that, you got to feel pretty good about your chances of winning another national championship. Then you lose Saban just randomly on a Wednesday, just done, <laughs> just gone. Just like, like he was, even Kirby Smart said he was coaching, he was on a conference call that morning, he was doing interviews for the D.C., um and then he's gone and then you bring in like there was just so much change and turnover in in january in the last couple weeks in january specifically it was nice just to have some sort of like there were there were days gordy when i would wake up and i'd be like oh my god okay let me get on twitter and see what what has happened like what blank storm has unfolded today um i think that DeBoer's done a good job i don't know enough about like every single hire that he's had. And, and, it, and honestly, right now, don't care to, to do a ton of research on it because it's February. Um, 
I like the DC hire. I, I like the fact that he's gotten a couple guys that were, um, you know, head coaches that he's brought over in to be um, assistants. He, he got a, a tremendous offensive coordinator. I think that that you had the kid from Georgia Southern. Um, he was a guy that I think when he, before he took over that offense, they were ranked a hundred something in the country and, and like passing offense. And then they ended up being 18th when he came in. Um, a lot of that's because of the scheme they were running, but I, I just, I do like some of the pieces he's put in place. I'm sure he's missed on a couple of people like Tavares Robinson, but it's been nice to have just some level of stability over the last couple of weeks. I want to ask you this. And I, I want to ask this question while it's late February and we're not even mm-hmm. into spring ball yet. Give me a ceiling and a floor for Alabama next year, record-wise. What, yeah. What's the – if everything goes well, I mean, is is can they go undefeated? Can this be a 12-0 and team that makes a play? Or or should we be more realistic and think our ceiling's probably more 11-1, and 10-2? or two? Like, what's mm-hmm. the ceiling? I think I think there's just so much uncertainty um, going into the season of, of what – the SEC is going to look like and how tough these conferences are going to be. There's also a lot of uncertainty with the fact of, of, of what Bama's schedule is. Bama's schedule is not easy. Like you get road games, you got a road game at Oklahoma before the iron bowl. Luckily you get yeah. the iron bowl at home. You, you play at LSU. I tell you what, I was looking at this the other day with, with somebody on, on one of their shows. And it was like that Georgia game feels like a loss. The one that feels like a definite loss to me is that is at Tennessee um, and, and go into Knoxville and, and like with all the ta- talent off to five hour they have, and especially the fact that you have to replace everyone on the back end of that defense. Um, those two feel like very difficult. And then you talk about, dude, like the non-conference schedule, you got a road game at Wisconsin. Wisconsin yeah. You've got South Florida at home who kind of took you down to the wire last year. And is also, according to some people like Brad Crawford from 247 sports could potentially be a playoff team because of, you know, the new five plus seven model. So I think that 10 and two, 11 and one is probably the ceiling. Um, I would say 11 and one is the absolute ceiling. The floor is probably seven and five as much as people don't want to admit it. But I mean, like you just think, I mean, things could go wrong and it's, it is the toughest schedule they've played in quite some time. Fine bomb will be, I will be hitting record on the DVR for fine bomb. If Bama is seven and five, I'll have to delete my Twitter. That That'll will be, be, <laughs> be must see TV. Uh, by the way, uh, Bama just announced April thirteenth. That will be uh, the kickoff at three p.m. Bryant Denny Stadium uh, for their eight day spring game. It's a later kick than recent Bama spring games. So uh, again, April thirteenth is the uh, is the date they they have set for their spring game. Um, I did want to get your thought real quick. We talked about you know moving up um, you know signing day and all that, but but. 14-team playoff is being talked about right now. We just got to a 12, and they're talking about right. only doing 12 teams for two years and then maybe moving to a 14-team. Um, the only thing I wanted to get talk this out with you, Marler, is we haven't talked enough about how much more tough this road is going to be to win a championship. Like, it used to be you win, you play your schedule, you win the SEC, and the BCS automatically just puts you in the championship game. And that's it. you got to go in one game. But yeah. now the playoff – yeah, if you're top four seed, you get a buy. But if you're the five seed or lower, you got to play one round. Then you got to play another round. Right. Then we're only getting to the final four. The thing we've become so used to the last few years with the final four, then we're down right. to the final four, and then you have a championship. So it's for a lot of teams, you're talking about four postseason games on top of your conference championship game. Yeah, that you'd have to win. It's it's a lot. It's a, it's a lot harder to get to a title now. I. Yeah, and, and I think that sounds almost so obvious that it's it's been overlooked by people, but 
it shouldn't be. Like it is, it that, that that's like a potentially seventeen game season for you, which is again, this is why I've said over and over. I don't know if it's a complete benefit to make the the the, the conference championship game. It, it probably is for the the ACC or the Big Twelve. That feels like it's probably a benefit because if you win that against like, like there there was one. Big 12 team in the entire top 25 of, of recruiting rankings this year, right? Like the ACC, I think, had three. Um, there's not a ton, especially now with Texas and Oklahoma gone, there's not a ton of, of top-tier talent and, and, and like from those rosters over there. So like if you win in the Big 12 and you get an automatic bid and a buy, that's great. But the SEC, like again, like if, if you're Georgia and you lose, if you go 12-0 and for the third straight season, you lose by three on a neutral field to a team – that like you know has has the goat as their head coach, then you got to go play this like four game gauntlet, and that sucks. Now like, you I would just, get, get that first game they would get in Athens, right? Like you would play a home yeah. game, but then like the next week, say so you got to go play like, Texas in in Dallas or something. Like that's not you know, or, yeah, Glendale or, or like like it, it, and that that's the thing that I think that, that has been the most overlooked about with with this because the TV contracts are great, but get ready to start watching playoff games in college football with with not full stadiums because you are asking a fan it's like think about the SEC Georgia's going to Texas that's a that's a bucket list trip for a lot of those fans go out to Texas say you have season tickets and then you go to Atlanta for the SEC championship game then you got to go to like a home playoff game and then a you know a, then a game and like if, if you play two in or three Vegas playoff games, or, or then Atlanta it's like you're not going to go yeah. to all those games. The only ones that are going to make all those trips are like the the teams that haven't made the playoffs at all. Mm-hmm. Like if right. if um, I don't know, you're trying to think of a team that could. Let's just say Arizona wins the Big Twelve. Washington, yeah, yeah. Washington. It, somebody that hasn't been there before. But the the Bamas, the Georges, like these schools that make it the playoff almost every year. Like there, a lot of Alabama fans I heard the last few years in the playoffs have been like, I'm not going to the first round. I'm saving my money for the championship. So it's right. like. You're going to really have fans going, well, I'm skipping the, the Peach Bowl. I'm skipping the Cotton Bowl. I'm waiting until yeah. we get to the championship game. It's just – it's a lot of games, and it, the road is just that much tougher. And it's crazy, too, to think there were years where Bama made the playoff and didn't even play for the SEC championship. Like, right. they didn't yeah. even have to play the extra game. Now you got to play no. the conference championship, and you got to go play all the extra games of the playoff. It's just going to be I, uh, a little crazy. The, the only other thing I'd say about this is that the 14-team playoff – I've said this – I said it when they went to – from – to four, I thought the next stop was six. But I kept saying it was like, once you move to four, the complaint is going to be who should be four and why the person that was five got left out. Then if you move to six, it's going to be to seven. If you, As soon as we got to 12, it was going to be, well, there should be 13 because the team that was 13th is going to be pissed for, for whatever reason. Or 12th in this case, if it's like a G5 team that's ranked 24th and they get in over like a 10-2 and two SEC team. Like it, every, every stop, it's going to still have like fans complaining but it doesn't matter because none of this is for the fans anymore. Right. It's, it's just for TV contract. And I, I feel like we probably sounded super negative about this because it will be fun and we'll tune in because we love the sport. But, like, the people that love the sport the most that will watch it no matter what are not the ones in charge. Yeah. This is all so Dr. Pepper can write another check for uh, 500 or $5 million so they can be the naming rights to one of these yeah. first, you know, second-round playoff games or whatever. All right, he is Chris Marlis. Get money and get some better Fansville commercials. <laughs> Still more to come here on Locked On SEC, part of Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day.
All right, first, I want to remind you guys this episode presented to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Look, go get your buckets on with your first bet over at FanDuel. They are America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. We just came out of the NBA All-Star break. It is the... uh, you know, backstretch of the season, and there's action happening every night, and you can get in on the action, but on all your favorite NBA players and teams at FanDuel, they've got quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, all of it is up there for you. Just go visit FanDuel.com slash on. Why do you want to go to that website? That's where you're going to get our special offer. Get that 150 bucks in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. FanDuel.com slash on. Go shoot your shot. They are FanDuel. They are the official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Get started today. All right, we dive back into it with our buddy Chris Marler, talking all things uh, SEC and college football. And Marler, a uh, couple quick hitters here I want to hit you with on the, the back end of the uh, episode here. Uh, spring ball, going to be starting up here very soon across the SEC. A lot of uh, coaches taking a look at their teams and seeing um, mm-hmm. you know, what their team's going to look like for 2024. So I want to pose this question to you. You can only attend one SEC spring game this spring. Which one would you go to? Ooh, only one? Um, or just observe observe spring practices, you know, like you can only focus on one team. Who would you focus on? I hate to say it, but probably Bama. I would like to see what's going on over there because I I do, I do think that one of the things too, that's in this day and age of football, that's tough, especially in our industry is that like, it used to be for fans and, and people in the media, it was okay. Season's over. Here's who you graduated. Here's who's going to the NFL. Here's who had a medical retirement or maybe transferred out. And then you get the spring ball and you see the incoming freshman, you see the freshman from a couple of years ago or, you know, or whatever um, that redshirted and you get excited with the season. And then once late May and June rolls around, you go, you go up to Publix and you go get a, like a, a, a Buffalo chicken tender sub. And, and then you scroll or stroll on down by the, like the magazine aisle. And you're like, Oh my God, Phil Steele's out. Or Athlon or Lindy or whatever you choose. And you go get that. And that's when you start realizing, okay, here's who the roster, here's the, here's the, the depth chart, here's everything we got, and then you get ready for fall camp. I don't know who – like I don't know if Bama's going to have enough people to field a, a secondary in the spring game. Come on. Um, I, so I, I just – I think that that will be super interesting. Um, honestly, I think LSU will be super interesting. Some of the, the people they've brought in uh, with these these past couple of recruiting classes. New coaches, and the other one, What's that? New coaches all on the def- defensive side for LSU. Yeah, I completely agree. And then the other, the other thing that I think is interesting is I would I would like to go out to Texas and just see what A and M like still has because I, I think that I'm a believer in Mike Elko. I don't know what the ceiling is for that program under him because we've seen it what it is in the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, I think that those would be my, my rankings, but it would, I hate to say it, but it'd be Bama far and away. Well, you almost said Ole Miss and, and I kind of put them and A&M in the same boat in that they brought, they both crushed it in the transfer report. A lot of new pieces, but as we've heard the big C word chemistry, how do, how do you develop that chemistry and is it developing? Um, you know, we saw LSU a couple years ago, Brian Kelly dove headfirst into the portal and it kind of worked out. They brought in a lot of, you know, DBs from the portal and it worked, but then we saw Auburn last year dive into the portal, and a lot of those offensive linemen, all it took a while for them to gel before they really were all kind of working cohesively together. And yeah. honestly, Peyton Thorne never really kind of panned out for them. So um, I, Auburn would be a fascinating one. I, I, I wish I they would have brought in another quarterback. But the Ole Miss one is interesting from a chemistry perspective. 
But from an entertainment perspective, man, I love to see Florida. Like, what's Billy Napier? Yeah. What's his attitude day to day? Knowing he's kind of dead man walking. I, I think I think it's going to create a chip on their shoulder, and I, and I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Florida come out of the gates hot. But I don't know how long they can they would be able to keep that up just based off of how difficult that schedule is. I do like you said about Auburn. Auburn is a really really fascinating um, situation because. Hugh Freeze is supposed to be this quarterback whisperer. We, we've, we, like the thing with Hugh Freeze that we we don't talk enough about is it's, it's that it's not just the turnaround he's had at places; it's how quickly he did it. So, like at Arkansas State, Arkansas State had one winning season, I think, from 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 like 1995 to 2012 before he got there, and he goes 10 wins first year, and then he goes to you know Ole Miss. They're coming off a, a back-to-back seasons where they had one combined SEC win in the two years prior to him getting there. He takes him to a bowl game right away. So, like, he's been a, like a, a miracle worker, like, right off the bat. That was not the case last year. And then we saw him also kind of quit at the end of the year, and he's like, oh, I didn't pay attention to the bowl game because I had to recruit. So I, I think the offense that they have coming in with those receivers, I think that would be super interesting to watch too. The, the interesting part, too, you said you think, you know, wouldn't be surprised if Florida got off to a hot start. Out of the gates, they play Miami, Samford, and then Texas A&M, uh, and then it's a road trip to Mississippi State. Now, the first three games are at home. If they could hold serve yeah. in the swamp, they probably go beat Mississippi State and Starkville. Then you get UCF. There's a world where Florida could start five and zero. Oh, but keep in mind, they were five and two last year, and then finished five and seven. So, like, even well, a hot start early doesn't help. And I hate to say this, but I was looking at this this schedule. They had I did a whole video about it last July, and and I, I think we've kind of reached the point when you look when you talk about the Florida schedule. And I know it has to feel this way for Florida fans, but it's, we've talked about it so much. Like and it's still not even the summer going into the season. We've talked about it so much for the last year that it's it's kind of at the point. It's like all right, it's kind of like a broken record. Like let's go see what they have and like you know like put up or shut up. But the one thing I'll say too is if, if you're looking for like a doomsday scenario, the one game on that schedule that looks like it's a definite win is Samford. And the last time Samford played in the swamp, they put up 52 points. Right. So it's like that's like I don't know if that's a gimme. Yeah. No, it's, it's fascinating. It's just a fun question. I think, uh, you know, I've heard a couple. Our buddy De- Doug Amos was kicking it around. Like, well, if you're going to go to one spring game or, or cover one team yeah. in the spring, who would it be? And there's just so many fascinating storylines. Heck, Kentucky. I want to go see what, what their quarterback mm-hmm. looks like. You, you know, going to poach Tennessee some, on offense. Tennessee. Nico. Nico. Yeah, there, there's just the, – the good thing is there's tons of great storylines. And, um, you know, Jackson Arnold at Oklahoma. They don't even mm-hmm. know what he's going to look like. All right. Before we get out of here, Marla, i got to ask you, the news came out officially. The NCAA football game is coming back from EA Sports. They put out all the details yesterday and basically announced they're opening up to players. If you sign a little deal with them, you'll get 600 bucks cash and a free copy of the game. And I go back to when I was in school. I had some buddies that were uh, football players that were just, in all honesty, at the time, were like, they were like, I just want to be in the game. I don't, you know, when Ed, yeah. O'Ban- when Ed O'Bannon was starting his lawsuit, they were like, dude, I don't really care. Like, cause they, I remember their attitude at the time was like, if they pay us, we're we all going to get like 20 bucks. Like it's not going right. to be worth it really. And, um, you know, I remember Tyson Jackson who ended up being a first round pick at LSU. Even he was like, I just want to see myself in the game. Oh, they better have rated me high. You know, like that was the attitude. Yeah. And now it's like, guys are, well, I better get paid. Well, and it's like EA sports. Why do you think the game's been dormant for a decade? Cause like, we can't pay all you ridiculous amounts of money. There's thousands yeah. of players, but anyway, the news comes out. And we've seen a lot of names here, Marlon, just the 20, past 24 hours. Big names of college football that have said, I'm in. So 
kind of cool that a lot of these players, I thought maybe there might be a list of players saying, no, opt me out. I don't want to be in the video game. But it looks like the majority of big-time players have all said I'm in. I don't know the benefit of opting out of it. It's not something you're going to negotiate. It, it, like people aren't going to buy the game because you're not in it. Right. Like, like the only, I hate to say this and I don't know this kid personally. And, and I'm, this is just from what I've gathered. The only person that I could see being that big of an a-hole to opt out of it is Caleb Williams. Of yep, the last couple that's, years. that's exactly what I said. He would have held like, out and be like, don't put me in the game. Right. And, and that's, that's whatever his own prerogative. Like if, if it would have happened, this is all hypothetical and speculation. So it's, it's whatever, but like, I did, I did the math on this. I actually broke it down on my Twitter, on Vern Funquist on, on Twitter, um, or X now, whatever you want to call it. But, like, if, if it's – if so there's – if it's 85 scholarship players over um, – here, I'll pull it up real quick. 85 scholarship players for 134 teams because there's now 134 with Kennesaw State being in, uh, in FBS. That would be 11,340 total potential players that could opt in. So if they're being paid $600 per, and then you say you get a free game involved, which is – if it's based off the Madden game from 2024, that's that's a $99.99 value. So the total for both of those things, if every single player opted in, they didn't have to pay out of pocket to just the players, is right under $8 million total. And that sounds like a lot, but the average revenue, not profit necessarily, but the revenue they were able to bring in from this game every single year but went before it was discontinued in 2014 was around $125 million. That doesn't keep a track of like licensing and any other, other people, but like, I, I think it's one of those things. It's like it's it's six hundred bucks. Maybe you could have made it an even thousand. I don't know, but it like I think it's a the, the, if you're having that many players, you have to find the median of what the value is going to be for those players. Exactly. I, I think it's a good number. I, I, I and I, like you said, most of those kids aren't entitled enough to be like I don't want to play the game then if I'm not going to get paid this amount. And from what I heard, this is similar on par to what a lot of players got from Madden. Now that's a little bit different because the players association negotiates that. But I, right. I, I, friends that I've had in the league, I remember about a decade ago, them saying, yeah, I got this check for like a couple hundred bucks. And they said that was for you being included in Madden. So it's yeah. probably pretty close. That's the thing is like, okay, EA Sports has been a great empire and they've created a lot of great games and they've got Madden and all this. But like saying what, like Mike Florio got all in his feelings like, oh, they're worth this. It's like, yeah, but that's their worth. That's their profit right. over like Madden, the Madden franchise and all. They're not going to go sell off the Madden franchise to pay a high a college athlete $100,000 to be in their video game. Like, that's just right. not going to happen. So I'm glad we're at least coming to a little bit of common sense here. And, again, I'm seeing so many of the big-name uh, players jumping in, uh, you know, Bama players jumping. I think Malachi Moore mm-hmm. said, I'm, I'm in. And Malachi and, and Jalen both did. Yeah, Garrett Nussmeyer from, from LSU. So, mm-hmm. again, like, the, you don't want to be the dude that's not in the game. Now, the other thing they said, too, is they're going to come back and give a lot of these players, you know, like, we might sign Nico – Iamaliava to a commercial deal. We'll pay you, you know, I don't know, uh, right. $50,000 to do a commercial for us to promote the video game. So I, I think that's all cool. The only thing I saw, so they announced the ESPN crew. A lot of these guys recorded stuff months ago, like maybe even a year yeah. ago. Kirk Herbstreet, Chris Fowler, David Pollock. Oh, man, that kind of sucks. You're not on game day anymore. That's just, I mean, good for David. I'm happy for him to... Um, have something to do besides Twitter. Uh, <laughs> but that is, I mean, you know, I, I think, I think it, it's just odd because the timing of it's odd. And in back to what you're saying too, I think the main thing more than anything that people really want, whether it's the fans or the players, you heard a lot of like negative things that were said about the Madden game over the past couple of years. I think everyone just wants this game to be like a good game. And, and, yeah. and like, 
you know, like something that people can like get behind it and really enjoy. And, and, and it's like, we've waited 10 years for it. So, you know, I, I think that's, that's the main And they thing, did but. say it will be separate from the Madden engine. That was people yeah. over in their films like, look, Madden has sucked. They basically just changed like one thing every year in Madden. It's like the right. same game. They just repackage it. So it will be different. The only thing that sucks so badly that I found out, no coaches will be featured. Did they run out of money? That's weird. Did they run out of money? They couldn't pay like Kirby Smart to be in the game. Like that's just seemed weird. I bet you that Jimmy Sexton they they put a, a, yeah. a, a an email with him like attached to it, and they're like, "We're gonna be good here. We're 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 fine." I'll tell you the one thing. A bold prediction for you before we close out. I'll tell you this. I think that the one thing that they will do or try to do with this is they will package the game a lot like you see with the regionalized stuff with those uh, college football like preview magazines. So you'll be able to see something like an SEC cover. Versus a, like a, a Big Ten or Big Twelve or like a Tennessee cover with Nico on it. Like I, I bet you in the future you'll be able to see specific players put on each one instead of just one person. Yeah, no, I think that'd be awesome. And uh, I even saw I think the Senior Bowl tweeted out that they were going to be involved. Yeah. Like, so hey, like that's the cool thing. They said NIL will be in there, the transfer portal, all this stuff. It's all the things we wanted from this video game that has been dormant for what like over a decade now so mm-hmm. it's gonna be cool and basically what i'm just saying is like i want my wife to know like i will not be available for basically the last two weeks of august into yeah. september i'm just gonna be playing this game all the time so uh get ready for that um yeah i so saw even quinshawn judkins i thought of all people i thought quinshawn judkins would be like no i'm holding out quinshawn judkins right. is in so it's it's gonna be interesting quinn ewers carson beck all these guys are in the game so it's gonna be a lot of fun he is uh chris marler uh, let everybody know where they can find you uh, uh, on social media and uh, keep up with – you're putting out some great graphics out there. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, Vern Funquist on Twitter and Instagram. Um, uh, you know, I will hopefully have an announcement soon on some of these next plans for next year. Um, really excited about some of the, the opportunities and, and what's next. I'm just not allowed to legally talk about it yet. So, uh, but yeah, Vern Funquist on Twitter and Instagram, and, and, uh, and, and come on down and follow Awesome. We went super long, so we got ended there. Marlar, appreciate the time as always, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, brother. All right. Thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. And, uh, hey, we'll be back on Monday talking all things college football and SEC. Hey, for your second listen, go check out Locked On. It's launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. It's called Locked On Sports Today. Go search it for uh, – They'll be covering all the top sports stories of the day with our local experts of Locked On plus our national shows. So that's uh, Locked On Sports Today, streaming 24-7 over there on YouTube. I'm Chris Gordy. This has been Locked On SEC. Everybody have a great weekend out there, and we'll talk to you guys on Monday.